Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle, the podcast about purpose, where we discuss what it truly means to live your best life now. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning back into Real Talk with Michelle. Um, For another episode of the podcast, this is season two, episode eight. And this is Real Talk about my... Um, my awakening. Um, it sounds so weird to even call it that. Um, and if you don't know what um, an awakening or a spiritual awakening is, it's um, in the words of Brianna West, which I thought was put really well, is the beginning of a spiritual awakening is often a crude ending. And that's just kind of to describe what it's like. But um One of the definitions that I picked up was um, an awakening occurs when the soul is ready to undergo a process of transformation. And I know this is going to sound new agey and crazy, but it's really a story that I want to tell because over um, the process of about two years, everything around me started to change. And it's a story that I want to get out there because it's really led me to this very point of having a podcast about purpose, like figuring out what uh, what I'm even doing, how and why I got to this point, and what I'm supposed to do with the gifts that I've been given, the lessons that I have learned, the things that have happened to me. And... Um, this really just started, I had been, I've been running um, a business and married and kind of had this really interesting life that started to pick up, but I noticed that um, I started to, I was starting to lose a lot of friends and I was starting to kind of just, what I felt like was phoning in my life like I felt like I was just phoning it in I don't know what I was doing where I was going if I was coming it was just kind of like a day-to-day drabby thing of going on with the flow and it was causing a lot of my relationships just started to um to change you know it started with friends and then it started with um me coming to some type of conflict within myself where I was realizing that my behavior was erratic my behavior was crazy things that I was doing was not it wasn't good like I was for lack of better terms I was be I was a shitty person um I didn't want to be called on anything I didn't want anybody to say anything to me to tell me what to do there was nothing you could tell me I knew everything <laughs> which it sounds crazy now well, I'll get there because I don't know anything now. Like, but it was there was nothing that you could tell me. Um, things transpired to where my father was sick and um, my husband's father was sick at the same time, and we kind of um, had some interesting words about that one night. And I was getting ready to go home and see my family. And because my dad was in the hospital and, um, he passed like the day that I was getting ready to go home. And I just remember that being this pivotal, like deep, dark, like hole that I just really, 
I couldn't understand why I wasn't able to to um, to make it to make it home. And but I had to ride that entire way in this depth of feeling that I had never felt before in my life because um, honestly I did not I knew I knew. But I, I, like, I know that people couldn't tell me before I got on the road to drive that my father was no longer alive. So I kind of got there and found out it was not very ceremoniously, but I understand why my family did not tell me while I was driving the car. But um, I, I got there and, you know, I kind of... I, I, I want to say I felt that and I was very, very emotional and I like I had my friends around me and I had family around me and it was a very emotional time. But it took me, you know, when I left to come back to Nashville, I just didn't realize like how much um, how much that that my father's death was going to affect me. And um, that next year of my life just kind of started in a, a really a really just bad downfall so I kind of got back and I of course was not acting out in healthy grief and I was acting out and um not being very kind to um my husband at the time I was being impossible um but that led to um a separation and I, you know, I lived on my own for a little while just until I could try to figure out like what was going on or what I needed to do. It just really felt like I needed to be alone. It was really kind of um, a super, super dark time. And I can say that um, during this time, I was alone a lot. And I didn't realize my animals like hated, first of all, I hated this place where I lived. But it was so important realizing now that I stayed. I thought this place would be great, but this place was where I was going to go and find out really core deep things about myself that I needed to see. And I lived um, in this place alone. My animals kind of hated being there. The setup of it was weird. It was just a weird, I call it the dank space. And uh, people who, uh, my friends that, um, I still talk to currently through that, you know, to have some friends make it through, through some dark times with you like that. Like those are my peeps. What's up fam? You know who you are. Um, I call it the dank, the dank space, the dank place. It was just, it never got proper sunlight. Like I would have to go outside and <laughs> sit in the sun. But during that time that I was in there, um, I wasn't really working, um, because I, 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 my, my salon was full. I had people who were, they were kind to me. They were checking on me. They were making sure that I was okay. I have a really, I had a really good staff of women that were holding down the fort for me because I was in no way, shape, able to go in there and function. I was not sleeping. I was not eating. I really was, I mean, the no sleeping was ridiculous. I, I could not sleep. I could not stop thinking. I could not get out of the grief spot. And I never told anybody. I was going to therapy. And I mean, at, at that point, my therapist was just like, you look horrific. Like she just knew I could barely make it. Also, I'm I'm realizing that I'm probably not going to 
you know, have this spouse. We're trying, we're trying our best to make it work, but it's impossible to make it work with me if I'm, if I'm, I'm never at fault and nothing's ever my fault. And I'm, I have this big exterior of a wall put up. There's no way that anybody could have went through that. But realizing now, um, moving forward, there was just a lot of drinking, a lot of feeling covering, a lot of not, um, ex, just not, no, no feeling. I can't even explain it, but it's also, I'm, I'm writing things down and I'm asking myself these questions and I'm trying to figure out like, when am I going to come out of this? And I, um, I thought that if I tried to press forward in some relationships and force, force relationships to work, that everything would be okay. And then I lost, you know, more, more friends, more people that I thought were friends. And looking back on that now, I can see why, <laughs> why I probably lost some of those friends too. I don't regret it. It was needed to happen. And that's another thing that I've learned as I'm going through, um, what I, what I am calling a spiritual awakening is that some people have to be removed for soul level growth. Like they have to be taken out of your life because they'll never require you to change, never require a new version of yourself, never require anything different of you. And what happens during this time is you do start asking yourself, you start remembering things that people say to you and not everything that people say you should take into context, but you, you do start just asking like, was I like that? Or was I impossible? Or did I maybe possibly cause this thing? And, um, yeah. <laughs> I did. I don't want this to be like a super subject, but I just have to mark this in recording about how I got to where I am in this very moment and what I'm still learning from it. Um, and I might have to break this up because this might record long because it gets gets a little, a little more interesting as it goes. But I did try um, to kind of I knew I only had this other place where I was staying for a few months and I knew um I knew I couldn't stay there forever so the six months that I had was like cool I was like I'm gonna go back to my house get my stuff together and I'm gonna really try to make this work with my husband like I'm gonna try to make this work with him I'm gonna try to see if this is something I can do but again you know, I found a, a really nice place and it was like, we're going to get into this place together and we're going to figure out how to make this work. We're going to go to therapy. We're going to, we're going to do all the things, but because I feel like all of the other things, all of the other karmas that I built up, I still could not break myself into this level of understanding how someone else might feel, how some of my actions or words. I wasn't a really wordy person. I'll say that. Like, I'm not really a throw something out there, stab you, hurt your feelings. Um, my more, more or less my inaction is what ends up hurting people is what I don't say and what I don't do. And that is something that I figured out was something deep 
in my childhood about not wanting um, to just a deep seated. It feels like it's just on a different level feeling of not wanting to have someone be able to um, hurt me first so I can put up my wall all day. Um, <laughs> and believe it or not, like all this, I still could see myself coming out of this. I started to work out again. I started to eat more, but I like I was going, I was still going out and I was still behaving in a manner that is not of one who wants to keep, um, anyone, a friend or a spouse or anyone. I, I like, it's just not, it wasn't the behavior of a person who wanted to see relationships work. I was fine on my own. I needed no one. Who cares? <laughs> so um, this is probably a little bit over uh, into like almost being a year. And I felt, you know, I felt okay. It was, the sun was coming back out. I could see the sun. I had my animals back with me. And, you know, um, my my ex-husband was like I can't I can't be with you like I can't like that's it and rightfully so <laughs> rightfully so do not have any blame on him I do not I don't I completely understood it in the moment I know why it had to be that way and I know I know what it was, and that is one point to it, but just, yeah, you know, at the, and at the time, honestly, you still couldn't tell me nothing. I was just like, okay, here we go, and I played that all the way up until, you know, I signed divorce papers. It was so just whatever, finally, go away, like, this is me, this is me pushing people away, and this is... This is God, this is spirit, this is universe just saying, God, girl, like, <laughs> do you want to have anybody? Like, do you want to have people around you? Like, are you going to just continue to, to sparkle and twinkle over your feelings? Or are you going to feel something? Because up to this point, feeling something to me was just, um, just... In a moment, like I just right then, whatever, reactionatory, and then back to back to whatever I was doing that served me best. And boy, did I have something <laughs> to learn from that. Um, and then I like to go over into this other section like this is not going to sound or look like anything you might look up from this point. But this is me. I, I feel like karma stepped into me at this point because they're just like she is not going to learn any other way so the way as i am a self-proclaimed lover i it is a part of my experience to give love to share love and what other way does spirit talk to somebody who says love is their experience they say fine okay you want you you need to feel something and in order for us to make you feel something we're gonna have to make you feel something in a whole different kind of way so i hope you're ready like let's get on the ride <laughs> and um 
this ride was going to take me into deep, dark depths, like depths of, of feels that I was not at all prepared for. Um, so of course, if you are, you know, you don't, you don't really have to work very much. I was still like running my business, doing, um, payroll, just doing things that I needed to do to keep it going. And I had a lot of help with that. Let me tell you, I'm not going to act like I did not have people, um, helping me through this process, but I, um, I, you know, once I finished my work, I was free to be. And when I tell you, like, um, there's a part along here where I was just kind of lost and just kind of out there, like, doing whatever. I, I lost my voice, okay? And I feel like I've talked about this before, but I want to put this down on some sound, too, because this was a very interesting experience to me. I am a talker, so... You know, this wasn't for me yelling or or smoking or like doing any of those things. This is a, I could not, this is when I got my glasses as well, but this got increasingly worse. Like you should see the font on my phone right now, which I, I just never turned back because I got so used to looking at it like that. But I couldn't, I couldn't talk. Like I had no voice, guys. This was so scary to me. Like I had no voice. I had friends who could read my lips and tell people what I was saying, but I could not yell. Like yelling was painful and unnecessary. So if anybody wanted to hear something that I had to say, they had to get really close to me. I don't like that. I don't like that shit. I don't like people close to me. <laughs> like, I don't like people close to me. So that was already a problem. So spirit is like, let's put everybody in Michelle's personal space. Let's put a lot of people around Michelle too, which she doesn't really like. So here's all the people around me, which were vultures of sorts. I like, that's all they were around for was to, uh, energy drain and energy use. And you know, those people, not all of them, but most of them, they ain't here now. They're not, they're not here now. That wasn't what they were for. Um, but not being able to see as well. Like if I took off, first of all, my glasses were triple bifocals. So I went from basically almost readers to triple bifocals and I needed them. Um, if I took them off, I couldn't see a thing like horrible bumping into things. Can't see my cell phone can't type on my cell phone, like nothing. Like I had to like increase my font. Like you can see on my phone right now, if you just wanted to read my text messages, you could, you could just stand right beside me and read what I'm typing to people. But during this time, it took me to come through that experience to realize like, I think I was supposed to shut up because I had so much to say. I was supposed to really be quiet and listen and pay attention to to other people about what they're saying, how they're feeling. So this is kind of when I picked up that all these years, part of what I feel like is a gift is to to feel 
I've been, I've always been able to read and feel the energy of everything around me, but you can't hone in on that gift if, if all you do is yap and talk and take up space, you can't come into a space and feel the energy of the room or feel, you know, you know, speak to a friend and be able to tell that they're going through something. And honestly, this is not my favorite gift to, to realize that I have, and I'm still kind of trying to figure out what to do with it, but because it's it, because I am an empath, I really cannot stand to feel the energy of everyone or to walk into a room and know that it's really kind of disjointed and everybody in there is sad. Like I've been to bars where everyone is sad and people think I'm crazy. Cause I'm like, I can't stay here. Like it's like, it's really heavy in here and the colors are off on the walls and like people are just not excited to be at work. And I'm not saying people have to be excited to be at work. I'm just saying, I don't like to eat places where everybody seems upset or the kitchen having an argument. I don't like it. And I've recognized it because I can tell on people's faces. So God, but I had to, I had to learn how to be quiet and I had to learn how to feel and to listen because honestly, if I was able to do that, I would be able to pick up on this horrible next relationship I was going to go into. But I just really was like, whatever, I'll just skip over everything that's good to me that I know. And talk to someone that I know is absolutely just, I hope, I hope (laughs) that maybe it's better for that person. But this relationship, which I discuss all the time was really, um, vile and nasty and ugly. And the relationship made me forget who I was, which was what is supposed to happen in your awakening. You are supposed to realize that you don't know at all who you are. You're starting over at a whole cellular level. So everything is going to come up in you that you're worried about. So this relationship brought up abandonment issues that I've had because I've seen people walk away. I walk away. I walk away before you can walk away. So this person was a constant coming and going and, you know, devaluing you and then valuing you again. And then, you know, um, also telling you that your emotions aren't valid. So when I did finally start to express emotion, I was told that emotions are bad and that you're overreacting and that, you know, this is whatever, but also, you know, you that like <laughs> mind game relationships are crazy. And when I was in this relationship, I knew that I was starting to slowly reach this point. Um, in the, the quote that I mentioned earlier, like a crude ending, I knew it was coming because I knew that breaking myself out of this was going to be part of how I ended cycles of fucking horrible relationships with people and hopefully people having horrible relationships with me because it was time for me to change fully like completely turn it around stop manipulating stop playing games all of it 
but I had to mentally, because let me tell you, spirit tried to get me out of this a bunch of times. It was like, I would leave and then I would instantly be like, but no, I have to try to make this work. Like, what about all my failed relationships? Like, this has to be my fault. No, 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 no. Some of it, but not all of it. But I had to, it got to a point where this person um, took my personal property and I was like, oh, hell no. Okay, lots of things <laughs> happened in between there, but there's something about where I work for something and I work really hard for it. Don't, don't mess with my personal property. I'm not going to mess with your stuff. I'm not going to take it. I'm not the girl that's burning clothes or bleaching stuff or breaking phones. I've had phones broken before. Like what is wrong? Um, yeah, so I was like, oh no. So when I got my stuff back, I was like, you have got to go. Like you, you don't owe me nothing, whatever you got in your pockets, whatever you stole stuff, like take it with you. I don't want it. I don't need it. This is how I cut ties with people. And in this instant, <laughs> This way, this way that I behaved before, like to get away from me, leave me alone, the, all this, this finally crumbled um, the tower. This finally crumbled it. It finally said, this is, this is it. What are you doing? And then like, <laughs> um, the next day, like this person called me and was like, I have something of yours. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're good. You don't mean nothing. Keep it. You can have it. It's fine. Leave me alone. So, um, honestly, I went on like a block you every way. I know how you can get to me because this is what people do who cycle through. Narcissists want to continuously try to control you and by having communication with you, they can always control you. If you're in one of those relationships, lady, if you're unsure, look that shit up because don't ruin your life, okay? This one had a whole bunch of baggage and crazy shit that I dealt with because I thought I was some prize that this person chose. No, it was just time to move on to the next thing. And you can bet as soon as he finished dating me, he had someone already lined up. That's part of the game. Once they realize that you're starting to figure out the bullshit, which this is going to be another episode because I have a friend that I want to discuss this with in detail. But as soon as they figure out like you, they like they're losing you brain wise, they, they got to like roll. So they've already started talking and grooming another person to I like to call ruin their lives. <laughs> but honestly, he did not ruin my life. He gave me a gift. And this gift was to know what the fuck is going on in my life at all times. And it's not a heightened sense of, of being on guard, but it is just knowing like, what were you doing? Like, you know your worth. So over the next couple days, like honestly, as soon as, like the work is still happening. So let me say this, but as soon as I um, hopped on the other side of that relationship, um, I did meet 
I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but love is again, a part of my experience. And I did meet the person that I am, um, still, um, dating now. Um, my, I'm, I'm still with this person. The relationship is great. The relationship is open, but, um, because I was meant to know that I have to keep going because for me, like I can get in dumpy holes about like why things were ending and why things are my fault. And I was meant to uncover, um, different things. So I was talking to, um, wow, I think this is where I want to stop it because I want to go and do a part two of what happened when I finally woke up awake. Hello. When I finally, and this was, um, this was, uh, um, a year ago. So this is, that was a year ago, um, in December. So before the new year, um, it had, it's been, it's actually, yeah, it's been a year. So, um, not December, 2019, but December, 2018 is when I was like, Oh my God. Like I woke up, I finally popped out of this haze and it started with, um, my dad saying to me, if, if you listen, the universe gives you, gives you things. And I was listening. I was tuned in. I was highly attuned to my spiritual gifts of, of feeling energy of what's going on. And my dad says, Michelle, what, what are you doing? Get it together. Now get up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was really making me really emotional because that, <laughs> that really did happen. And I just snapped too, but I snapped to in to the most crazy consciousness I have ever been in in my life, like highly heightened, sensitive emotions, um, knowing what's going on around me, being hyper aware of how I feel, how others, others feel, all the things I have been doing wrong, um, how my mind was, my mind was just dormant. I've opened up like so many other portals in my mind that I didn't know existed because so much more information is available to me now that I'm able to receive it. And I really want to leave that right there. I know that's like a crazy point to lead off on, but it gets so much more amazing from there. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. I've been wanting to like tell this story for a minute. So I'm so glad that I'm able to tell you. Um, but yeah, that's like a pretty good stopping place for discussing like my personal spiritual awakening. That's a very personal story to me. Like I have to tell you like that just last week's episode was about vulnerability and that right there, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty vulnerable for me. <laughs> and it's so many deep, dark, more corridors that, you know, for the sake of protecting little bits about myself. <laughs> That's 100% real. I didn't leave anything out. I told you what needed to be said, but I can't wait to share um, 
another part of this with you. But right now I'm going to take a break and um, get a message from our sponsors. Welcome back, guys. Um, I'm going to go right ahead and get into the daily gratitude section. Um, wow, I mean, I really did just tell you guys <laughs> a crazy story, but um, today I am grateful for my mother. Um, it is the middle of the week and I have been talking to her and she's kind of been helping me along this new path in my life, which is called, um, it's just called starting over, <laughs> like starting over from scratch. And I'm grateful that my mother is very much so, um, really gentle when it comes to that, because, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've had some really high rises and some really interesting falls. So I'm grateful for a mother who can listen and be really, caring and understanding of, you know, what it's like to, to start over. Um, and my guest gratitude comes from Simone. Thanks for sending me an email, Simone. I appreciate you. Um, and Simone is grateful for her heart. And um, in the email, she just described just how she's really grateful that you know, she's able to feel all kinds of emotions and how her heart is beating and, you know, that it's pumping blood and it's doing everything that it's supposed to do. And I agree with you, Simone. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, and wow, that's going to be the ending to this episode, Real Talk About My Awakening, part one, because part two is where the work starts. <laughs> so. I really can't wait to share that with you. Um, thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye, guys. Okay, guys, one more quick thing before we go. Thanks again for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to Real Talk with Michelle on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. You can also listen to Real Talk with Michelle on YouTube. Same name. Real Talk with Michelle, make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you hit the notification button so you can be up to date anytime that I post a new episode there. You can also like the Facebook page, Real Talk with Michelle. You can follow me on Instagram at Real Talk with Michelle Podcast. And that's really where I am the most. So if you're looking for updates, you can kind of follow me around. You can see what I'm doing on a daily for the podcast, how I research the podcast just really what I'm interested in. Um, again, that's Real Talk with Michelle podcast on Instagram. Um, you can also leave me a voice note in Anchor. I have a few of those now. I can include those on episodes and you can be sure that I'm going to include some of those. I'm a bit of a collector, so I like to leave them there and I want to add them in because I think it's going to be really fun soon. You can also email me at realtalkwithmichelle at gmail.com and that's where I take the gratitudes. I'm super excited. I've still been reading those. I'm enjoying including those on episodes. Thank you so much for leaving me your gratitudes. They give me so much to be grateful for as well. You can also support the podcast at anchor.fm. And that's for F as in Frank, 
Emma's and Mary backslash real talk with Michelle backslash support, and you can help sustain future episodes. Again, thanks for tuning into real talk with Michelle. I'm so grateful for you and thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.